0: You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi everyone, this is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savvas Learning Company. We're picking up the conversation right where we left off from our first podcast on practical tips for using authentic resources in the world languages classroom. In part 1, Sarah and Rich discussed how to successfully prepare students to experience an authentic resource. In today's part two podcast, Rich and Sarah will dig deeper and look how to best support students as they interact with authentic resources. Without further ado, here's Sarah and Rich.
1: So far, the tips that you have shared will help prepare the students for the experience with an authentic resource. Let's turn our attention now to strategies that will help students as they view and listen to authentic videos. Can you discuss this in general before we go into specific strategies?
2: Sure. Uh, First of all, Sarah, I'm going to start with something that you and I know uh, probably from back in the 90s is when I think I remember beginning to hear this as a teacher. And some of our younger teachers probably have been hearing this uh, from all your colleagues in instructional classes. And that is this idea of lowering the affective filter. If that's a new term for you, basically what it means is how can you make your your students feel comfortable? Because what we know is... Um, when you're comfortable in a language learning setting, chances are you're going to be less nervous and it's just going to happen more. And so that's why I said earlier, listen to a video much as your students will try to predict what may kind of throw them off, uh, what might be challenging for them so that what you're, everything that you're doing as you're bringing in that authentic resource, whether it's listening whether it's reading, uh, you're thinking about your students, then what you're trying to get them to do, and I know this can be kind of challenging, Sarah, but you want to almost say to your students, trust me, I'm the professional. And what I mean by that is I'm only going to ask you to do the tasks, the activities, the assignments, and so forth that you're going to be able to do. And the reason that that's so important is that by nature, the authentic resource is always going to be beyond the natural language ability of the student. But that doesn't mean that the task has to be. So you have to communicate to your students that I'm asking you to do certain tasks. So I'm asking you to listen or to read for what you will be able to understand. And that last part is really important, what you will be able to understand. Interestingly, some of our top students in our language classes, and by that I mean with the highest scores, sometimes they freak out most. They they are the ones who believe that they, from life, they've thought I need to be 100% on everything. And we just need to tell them, no, let's start with what you are getting. Don't stress over all those things that you can't understand. Let's go for what you can understand and then trust that the tasks I'm going to ask you to do that you're going to be able to. And then the last thing that I would say for any of us as we're using authentic resources, print or text audio, is really try to stay in the target language as much as possible. And the reason that I make that emphasis is because our students are going to try to get us to start translating. They're just gonna, what, what did he say? Tell me in English what he said, You know that type of thing. And so I'm gonna be able to share maybe some different strategies in this second podcast here on ways to stay in the target language, but that's an important goal for us as we're using uh, the authentic resources.
1: Wow, I love everything you said there about lowering that affective filter, making sure our students feel comfortable and confident, and even bringing trust into um, that, that equation. And I just think that's fabulous. And those are great um, general guidelines. But what are the, some of the first tips you want to share with us as students encounter the authentic video?
2: Okay. So if you go back to the point that I made about um, letting them demonstrate what they do understand, well, then let's start with those. As they heard or as they're reading, uh, what are the cognates? Uh, What are the words that they've already studied? Identify them so that right away it's like, oh, good, I've got some words here that I know I'm going to understand before we said we would write those keywords, maybe on the board or um, on the whiteboard. Maybe as some of those are coming up uh, throughout the video, we might actually point to them or you know, make emphasis of that. Uh, there could be visual cues uh, throughout that also are going to help to give them meaning. I'd like to also share a mistake I made. And I'm going to emphasize throughout this entire thing that using authentic resources, just like anything that we do in the educational world, you make mistakes, but then you learn from your mistakes and then you get better the next time. When I first started using authentic videos and nobody had provided me any kind of a worksheet or anything to go along with them, I just thought, oh, well, that's my job. I have to create that. And I created extensive um, worksheets where the students had to fill in uh, information and so forth. And then when, when I watched them, as they were watching the video, I realized that heads were down, pencils were on the, the paper. They really weren't interacting with the video. So then what I learned was, okay, it's still important to maybe have something that holds them accountable or something that guides them. Like maybe it's a checkoff box. As you are listening to the video, do you, do you hear them talk about the following things? or maybe it's a sequencing thing. As you hear this, what's the very first point that they make? What's the second one? Maybe then all they're doing is doing numbers. Maybe they're just putting uh, check marks or, um, Maybe if they are doing any words, simple words in some kind of a table um, or a chart that allows them to do that very quickly and then focus back uh, on the video. So that that's a really key thing that I learned um, from my initial mistakes that then I found improved greatly was when the task was a very simple task for the students to complete.
1: I I can see that makes sense. I can see how how checklists and tables would help students be able to listen and focus on certain information and make quick responses while still being engaged with that authentic video. What else can you share that will help us as students interact with the authentic resource?
2: So I think my answer to this would be what I hope we're doing in all aspects of our communication, communication with the students. And by that, I mean that we're recognizing that students will function best when there's short chunks of language going on. So even though the video that we may have chosen to use is four minutes, that doesn't mean that we use the entire four minutes. Maybe what we do is we play a section. We pause after 30 seconds or something like that, and then at that point, we can choose. Maybe we do a freeze frame. Maybe the students see something and we can talk about that. Now, I, I emphasize before staying in the target language. Perhaps our students are, are needing us to summarize. So maybe we make a statement about that or a very simple question. Maybe we decide, okay, we need to listen to that again. So we replay those the 30 seconds and so forth. So we really interact with that so that students are comfortable and it becomes a tool that we use. When we start asking questions, again, we need to go back to the same concepts that we understand when we first learned about like comprehensible input and other kinds of things. And that is your first questions that you ask to your students shouldn't depend on them giving you a lot of new information, new words and so forth. Make sure that the questions we're asking can be answered by a yes or no. Maybe you give them two choices. Is it, is it this or that? It's an either or type thing. Maybe you make a statement um, as you have a freeze frame up there. And what you're saying is either correct or incorrect based upon what they've just um, heard. So those same strategies that we're always using with our students to make sure that they are demonstrating the comprehension to the language that we're using uh, with them, those are the same kinds of things that we're going to use, but are even that much more important with the authentic resource.
1: I love those practical ideas that can be incorporated um, into instruction easily. But you know, I'm I keep thinking about as an experienced language teacher, sometimes you have a student that struggles or an entire group even of students that struggle. Uh, and sometimes you can see that frustration level rise. Uh, do you have any suggestions for differentiation for these students?
2: Yeah, that that is really important. I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah. Um, so some of this may depend on um, the accessibility. If you're using a video, for instance, is a, is it a video that has closed captioning? Because that's a great tool sometimes for the entire class, sometimes for the struggling student. And it, like, if the authentic resource is one that's made available to them to watch on their own, maybe they can choose to have closed captions or not. Maybe as a teacher, you have the captions so that the first time. Uh, they can read and listen, but then maybe the second time as we view it, we take the closed captions away. So again, you're, you're scaffolding uh, that experience for them. Uh, another one, and again, I can't guarantee that every time we find an authentic resource, all of these are available, but they're ideas to think about, um, is the transcript of that available. I've actually known teachers themselves to make the transcript, but maybe um, as we did, for instance, in our authentic program, we provide that for teachers. Maybe it's just for the teacher's own benefit. But sometimes I found with a struggling student, I'd actually also turn it in to a reading task. And we would go through just as we would with the text. And we would talk about circling and underlining and seeing those cognates. So now we've really put the visual aspect to it. And then one last thing that I would mention, and that is, again, depending upon Uh, The digital way that you're using this, uh, does um, the program or the platform that you're using, does it allow for a change of speech, the the pace of speech? Uh, We know that our students are used to that in a lot of the different digital tools. Now, sometimes it's because they want to speed them up like, okay, I don't want to listen to this guy talk that long about uh, this particular thing. And they learn to speed things until they get to something they want. But in this case, maybe they want to slow it down. And we know that we really want to use a lot of language at a more normal, natural pace with our students, but that doesn't mean that in the scaffolding aspect that it's inappropriate for a period of time to maybe listen to something slower, to. Especially like, for instance, if there's an accent of the people that's difficult or something, maybe we pause or we change just that portion of the the pace of the speech so that they can go, oh, now I see. Those are two words that she is saying and so forth. And so by changing the pace of speech, sometimes that gives them enough confidence to just be able to then jump back in and, and function more at that level we want them to.
1: Wow, those are such great strategies for making these accessible for all our students, uh, which is so important. So I'm gonna ask you a question um, that I also asked at the end of the first podcast. Um, Can you elaborate a little bit on how these tips and strategies that you've shared um, might be similar or different with authentic text rather than authentic video?
2: Sure. And some of these I kind of probably touched on in one of my other answers. But um, again, it kind of depends on have we printed out a text for them that they can interact with by writing on it, circling and so forth? Uh, Have we provided it for them digitally that they can use some of those same kinds of tools? Uh, If that's the case, then the great thing about a text is that you really can kind of proceed through at your own pace, meaning at the student's pace, and be looking for certain things to highlight, uh, to circle, to underline. Another thing that I think is a real advantage when you're using an authentic text is that naturally people who provide a text typically have titles, they have captions, they put the visuals and the graphs. And so we can have our students go to those and look at those. Sometimes they use color uh, to differentiate um, from section to section, um, all those kinds of things. And again, what I would, what, uh, what I tried to do with my students was if I'm working with a text, what I tried to do was to not let the students get us down to just a word and a sentence level. Sometimes I really wanted to say, let's try to proceed through this entire first paragraph or these first four or five lines. Then what we're go- what we're going to do, without just doing a translation, is we're going to maybe try to create a summary sentence or a main idea sentence for that paragraph, of course, in the target language. And that, again, encourages them to look and to maybe not get hung up so much on just that, that individual word. Uh, so those are some of the kinds of things. And, and they're similar in sense to what they would be doing with the video. But in some in some ways, they're actually easier sometimes with an authentic text.
0: That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to both Sarah disak and Rich Sayers for joining us today. Stay tuned for the next podcast in this three-part series on practical tips for using authentic resources in the World Languages Classroom, and be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This podcast is presented by Savvas Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit Savvis.com today. Learn with us.